everyone. Welcome to Oh Wow! The Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we are doing something a little bit different. We're just doing kind of a random chit-chat episode with Felicia Fisher, who has been a guest a few times, and I'm really happy to have you here today to just talk. Thank you. I love talking to you. Um, I love talking about skins, and I've recently binged the Inbetweeners again, which I think we're going to touch on today, and I'm very excited to talk about that. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of a freeform episode today. I just felt like before we get into season six, there needs to be a little bit of discussion about how things change in season six so if you have not watched season six of skins and you don't want any spoilers i don't recommend listening to this episode because i'm not going to hold back on spoilers and we're also talking about some in-betweener stuff and it's just going to be like a fun episode today so next week i'll be back doing season six episode one if you want to come back for that it's totally cool today i sent felicia this video essay from a YouTube channel that just popped up in my recommended feed. The channel's name is Yara Zaid, and the video was titled The Third Generation A Skins Retrospective, which totally caught my interest, and I started watching it and realized this is actually perfect for today's podcast because uh, this video creator gets into a lot of behind the scenes of the third generation and where things start to get really off track, especially for season six. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't realize how much the show had changed until I listened to this person's recap. Like they made it seem like the way that the characters progress in, um, is it series? They refer to it as like series one and two. Yeah. Series one and two, like how the characters actually change and there's actual plot points besides like the random like little ones like sketch that don't make a lot of sense and how for um for the third one it's just like not much is going on nothing's really happening it takes the entire series to like learn who these people are and you still don't really fully have a like understanding of who they are as people besides like frankie like and even frankie like it's very like shallow just like this person's like genderqueer maybe like pansexual possibly like and then they kind of and this is where i already gave a spoiler warning but i'm gonna give another one in case you're still listening and you don't want spoilers but in season six they just completely water down frankie's character and that was a big topic of conversation in this youtube video and i really like that um the youtube creator actually took audio clips from uh, Dakota Blue Richards, who plays Frankie, um, their guest appearance on April Pearson's podcast and talking about their experience with the writers of the show and how they really liked Frankie's character at first. And then in season six, literally the writers, Brian Elsley and Jamie Britton, were like, we want Frankie to be sexy. And so the genderqueer kind of just goes away. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, I've heard a lot of stories about how people think that, like, the show is way too sexual for, like, teenagers and stuff like that, and that people had experienced, like, weird things on set, but I didn't realize how much that had impacted, like, the character as well. Like, they decided that Frankie just wasn't sexy enough, and they wanted to make 
Frankie more sexy and make them like the new Effie. Like that was completely lost on me until I heard this person talking about it. Right. I had never heard that before. Um, But even Dakota themselves said the writers wanted Frankie to be the new Effie because they had lost a lot of viewership after season four. And I think that makes sense because a lot of the original viewers were so invested in the first series and then sort of lost track with series two. And then by the third generation, a lot of people had just given up altogether on watching Skins. So to try to get viewership back, they literally said, okay, we're just going to copy and paste season four into season six. Yeah. That'll be fun hearing you recap it. Like, are you going to like, reference back to season four and stuff when you see it i feel like that'll be fun like writing about like the parallels that you see yeah i think that this video essay and just doing a little more research has it's going to form how i talk about season six because i don't want to just be complaining the whole time about the shoddy (laughs) lazy plot writing because that is kind of what season six is known for and a lot of people hate this generation because of what they do in season six they hate it the most and i think even like with the second generation we know effie at least and we know what to expect from the characters like from when we meet cook we know he's gonna be the villain kind of guy and i feel like the third generation like there's no villain (laughs) yeah you know that's right i feel like they try to make Minnie the villain a little bit maybe but even so like that kind of just like fizzles out right like she like flirts with Frankie and then gets a boyfriend like that's what happens (laughs) um yeah who's the villain nobody like it seems like everybody has like attitude like Rich isn't a great person like Aloe can be kind of a shit like that just kind of flows throughout it but it isn't anything like Effie and Cook or yeah Effie really coming into herself or um who was it in the first series uh Tony Mm -hmm. I guess Tony would count as the villain right yeah right Um, he was so manipulative and then the writing was so good of having him like get hit by the bus and have his personality change because of that and mm -hmm. there are these really strong antagonistic characters in the other series yeah. Even the first generation when they have the guys um, kidnapping Effie and those guys are evil. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where are the evil people that create all the drama and tension in this generation? That's real. The person in the um, video said that this was this series where they wanted it to be more lighthearted, right? Like, but like, why does lighthearted mean that there can't be like real drama, <laughs> like real substantial drama? Like, I think they completely like miss the point that people want the drama of the series. Like, of course they don't want what happened at the end of series two with um, Freddie, but like, it's like, give us something. And then like, no spoilers, but spoilers, the person who spoilers. passes us. Okay, when Grace dies? Yeah, (laughs) that's why I'm like, spoiler warning three times, because, like, we have to talk about it. (laughs) Why does Grace die at the beginning of, like, season six? Like, that doesn't make any sense. What happens to her again? Like, I haven't watched it in, like, a year or two. I probably should have before watching or doing this today, but... I think she gets in a car accident and then goes into a coma, and then 
dies. Yeah. Why? Like, and you don't even have, like, a juicy buildup or anything like that. It's just, like, gets hit by the car. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No. And the way Chris's death, like, I keep comparing everything to the first generation. Chris's death, the tiniest details were woven in from the start of, like, (laughs) Peter's grave and... Jal being the only one to know about his brother even existing and like Chris keeping all these secrets and us as the viewer seeing it and seeing the progression of him with his pills and like not taking his medication and then Freddy's death is known as being notoriously bad writing yeah (laughs) and then Grace's death is somehow even worse (laughs) yeah it's like are you going for like a drama that has like these weird like true crime aspects like people like being kidnapped people like all of this stuff happening or are you like just gonna let people die off like clearly you're going for the latter now but why couldn't you just go like full-on like have every single series like have some big dramatic plot point or something like that where like someone gets stolen or like sold or something I don't know and even in like the second generation, there's the girl who dies at the club. Yeah. And then they're at least tied in with, like, Naomi and Emily's story and stuff. I'm like, that's better writing than what they do with Grace. And I don't even remember that girl's name. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Sophia? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Yes. Maybe, good memory. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I remember that. I think I was listening to your podcast recently. <laughs> or, like, just remembering people... Thomas, because Thomas was tied into that too. Thomas and Cook, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Sophia. <laughs> like the way they say it with their accents. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. Um, not a fan. I think I'm going to rewatch it just to like hate watch it, honestly. Um, yeah. It would probably be a good palate cleanser after binging the in-betweeners all of yesterday, which is just like, I forgot how much that show is just straight up comedy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I need some drama. I need more drama. I think Skins, like, Degrassi zoned themselves in the third generation. And yeah, even contrasting it, in-betweeners is so funny. And if you want to have these, like, dorky, undramatic characters... Then yeah. make it a comedy. Yeah. But having like a pseudo drama with nothing really happening, it's like it is a little bit Degrassi where you're like, oh, these are just some nice kids. Like, and I love Degrassi, but it's just a totally mm-hmm. different thing. <laughs> yeah, it turns it into like a slice of life thing that doesn't even have much of like a point. Like, I feel like with Degrassi, like that was like, you're watching it so you understand like it's like an after school special like you're watching it so you understand the perils of getting into these situations as a kid maybe um and you don't really have that as much with skins I don't think like I'm thinking specifically of like in Degrassi when like Ashley does the ecstasy someone pops out a fucking kid like somebody like stops taking their meds like Craig I think and then like with this it's like there's that episode where Jal and I think it's not Jal. Somebody, like, they they go and take drugs, and they go downtown, and they go to the weird costume store, and they almost get, like, something oh, weird happen. Maddie's episode. Yeah, it's like, what was the point of that? Besides maybe don't do drugs, but also if you have do drugs, you might go and have fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like you really learn anything from, like, the bad things that happen. 
don't go to a rave and give some weird girl drugs because she'll jump off the balcony. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what am I supposed to be learning here? Like, what is like really going on? Yeah, it's very much like very much a soap opera in that way. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, so all the characters who do the most drugs and skins end up fine and all the ones who don't die, basically. Like, Freddie didn't really party that hard compared to the rest of the cat. I mean, he was mostly like a pothead, I thought. Yeah. And then Grace is like the goody two-shoes and they're like, let's kill the nice ones and let all the people... Like, I'm like, so Liv and Maddie are complete strangers doing drugs from a random person that they don't even know what it is and they turn out fine (laughs) yeah holy cow it's like the opposite of a moral (laughs) yeah like if you do drugs maybe you'll stay out of enough trouble that like real life won't kill you (laughs) (laughs) if you don't do drugs you'll probably die (laughs) it'll suck (laughs) i mean these are coming from the people that like as you heard, like we heard like in the video, like they literally just made girls wear swimsuits so they could like perv on them and like check out their bodies. Like it all makes, it makes sense. I mean, clearly I don't think morals were like their first like thing in mind when they were making the show, you know? Right. And that was an interesting yeah. thing uh, for the people who haven't seen this YouTube video yet. Like Dakota was talking with April Pearson and they were agreeing that behind the scenes of skins definitely had some uncomfortable moments and especially with season six like before and when i talk about um the first episode of season six when they go to morocco dakota was saying that yeah they all had to try on bikinis and then the writers and producers would basically say like oh you need to lose weight or oh you need to get in better shape and just kind of like gross stuff like that that's not a really healthy environment for teenagers to be working yeah like it made me feel really like sick listening to that honestly because then it's like I know I'm gonna go back and watch it and be like oh god like what did they have to go through in order to like film this like did anything come out after like Degrassi or anything like that about like body stuff? Like was there any like perviness on that set or was it like a skin specific thing? I haven't heard anything about Degrassi and I feel like someone would have come out and said something, but I feel like Degrassi they let the kids be really awkward looking. <laughs> like they <laughs> Whereas with skins it was like you're gonna be sexy like these characters are supposed to be hot and sexy yeah I mean like I do feel like for some of skins like they made them they let them be like just kids they look like trendy like teenagers from that time like wearing like lots of layers like just looking I don't know a little tacky a little like kiddish but yeah like the sex scenes like how um they were talking about on their first day they were made to do like sex scenes and stuff like that like that doesn't seem right as like an adult actor let alone like a child actor like what (laughs) it's making me think of euphoria and all the stuff that is in the like trending topics now but at least the euphoria actors are like 30 and not 16 i think dakota said that she was literally like 16 filming skins Yeah, no, or, like, one of them had just turned 18, so she was thrusted with, like, all of the most, like, extreme, like, sex scenes. I think it was um, April, right? Maybe. I don't remember her, but I remember somebody saying that. Yeah. 
like as soon as you turned 18 time to do the sex scenes that's crazy yeah from what i've heard about euphoria i'm glad we're talking about that too i had like something in mind about euphoria yesterday i forgot what it was but hopefully it like comes up um yeah from what i understand like some of the characters have been really vocal about not wanting to do like nude or like sex scenes and they were able to get that like i guess um zendaya said that she wasn't comfortable with nudity and she didn't have to do that which is cool i think that's really cool but again she's like a very powerful person so i'm sure that like had some weight to it i wonder if like like a regular like child actor that didn't have any clout or like parents that were like you know, the blue name parents or whatever, like people are talking about on Twitter, like mm-hmm. how they would be treated versus like somebody like that, you know? Right. And I was even yeah. thinking about that yesterday um, with the actors in the first generation compared to the third generation. So like coming into the first generation, Nicholas Houle had been famous for a long time because he was a child actor. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the people in the first generation went on to have these huge careers like Hannah Murray and um, what's the actor who plays Chris? Is it James Dempsey or something? I'm not sure. Dev Patel, like, too. Yeah, right. Fucking like Daniel Kaluuya. Like, right. All these yeah. people go on to have these huge careers. And I'm like, the people in the third generation were not... Well, Dakota, actually, I looked this up last night. They... Um, were the lead in the Golden Compass when they were a kid. So they actually had a pretty big oh. career coming in. And which also makes me mad that they watered down Frankie's character so much because I'm like, Dakota's a really good actress and could have handled that depth of a character. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I think it's wild. Like in retrospect, listening, I keep referencing this video. I swear, like people need to go find this YouTube video. Yeah. But how that person brings up that um, that actor does two characters perfectly like she does like the come the very like gender queer frankie and then she does the very femme frankie like it's almost like she's playing two completely different roles which i think is like really impressive in that way so she does it but yeah it's like you could have had a gay ass character she could have been gay she could have had depth like it could have been something other than like let's just like force from this person like for the last season i guess i don't know like <laughs> This is bimbo hypnosis video. <laughs> the forced feminization of Frankie. Oh my god. Oh lord. Yeah, I don't think oh. that these third generation actors had any power like to go back to Euphoria. They had they had no say. They just were excited to be on this project, it seems like, and then they were just trying to roll with it and work with what they were given and they kind of got handed a shitty stick in season six yeah yeah (sighs) i'm very excited for season six now this is like (laughs) releasing this before season six would be like really great because then you get people pumped up for like all the bullshit that's about to come (laughs) i feel like it has to have a disclaimer episode before i start (laughs) yeah before we just pretend that everything's fine we have to acknowledge that everything gets really weird and we randomly kill grace for no reason and yeah Yeah, and so you were watching a bunch of in-betweeners yesterday yes and it's so good like the music 
first of all, if you want to be taken back to 2007, like the first season and the second season had so many fucking bangers. Like they had like three songs by the Wombats and that Vampire Weekend song that was like everywhere and like that Vice song that was like everywhere. Amazing. Um, made me feel young again. It's also just a funny ass show for being like canonically, canonically, whatever, in the like skins universe because of that one character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it's really good. I don't know. It's just so lighthearted after like watching a bunch of skins and like getting deep into like skins lore and stuff like that. It's just like this is about a group of like dorky ass like could be could not be actual teenagers like going through what it's like to be like nerdy um yeah i love the in-betweeners i highly recommend it i guess to circle back to why it's relevant to this show um if you it's relevant to skins if you watch skins season one episode something where cassie is in um i think it's episode two is cassie's episode yeah, where she's in the mental hospital and she sits down on the bench next to some character. Um, that's the same character that plays Jay. Jay in the Inbetweeners. And it's the same actor, rather. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, they're in the same universe. It's filmed during the same, like, time period. Like, it's the same thing. It's the yeah. same fucking thing. How far is Bristol from London? Who fucking knows? It doesn't really matter. Like... Well, they both take place in Bristol. They do? Yes. And that's why I... I'm so obsessed with this. So off of the pod, for the Whoa. listeners, I have been talking Felicia's ear off about how I want to do an Inbetweeners episode because these shows are canonically in the same universe. They take place at the same time. There's a crossover character, and I have so many like headcanon stories because in Inbetweeners, they go to London to go to the club for the night, and it's a really far drive. And they're yeah. in Bristol. Oh, I'm dumb. Okay. And... Wow. Oh, sorry. All right. I got to take a call. Hang on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tuning back in, listeners. I just got yeah. a call about a really important interview. So we had to take a moment there to take a break. And this is very exciting. So I'll keep you guys posted with what's going on in my personal life as that develops. But anyway, back to in betweeners. What were we talking about? Oh, Jay is. Okay, they're in Bristol. I'm like, this is literally more important than my future. <laughs> Careers come and go, you know, everything's temporary, but Inbetweeners is forever. It's been there for me since day one. (laughs) We can take a minute to celebrate. We can, like, oh, man. Um, I'm I'm just very happy right now. So, yeah. yeah. And I really love Inbetweeners. Like, I am going to be celebrating all night by watching it. And I don't know. I don't really have anything super important except... Like, my fan fantasies, which is that they all go to Roundview College, and the Skins characters are, like, the popular kids, and the in-betweeners are the nerds, and so they just never really acknowledge each other. And that's my headcanon. I have some theories, Mm -hmm. like, as of the last day. Okay. So Jay seems pretty cool for, like, a nerd, right? Mm -hmm. Like... He seems like a pretty regular person, but for some reason he's like outcasted. 
what if that's because he had like a trip to like the hospital when he was in school <laughs> and that's why he's like hanging out with the nerd kids now like nobody really talks about it but he's like seen as like somebody who has like a reputation now for having to go to the hospital in the middle of like the season or whatever and then it starts on the first day with um the main character i'm so bad with will. um will when it starts with will coming to the school and like they're all just like hanging out together I think that's brilliant. I love that. Like, Jay had a, like, psychotic break and had to go to the mental hospital. And that's why nobody believes his stories, because they're like, oh, that's just one of his delusions. Like, just gaslighting people with mental health issues. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe all of his stories are true and just no one believes him. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, yeah, on the Valentine's Day episode, isn't he the one where he's, like, they're going off, like, he says he has, like, a million Valentines, and they're all, like, really raunchy, and they're all signed, like, you're slut, you're bitch, whatever, bro. Like, maybe they're from, like, Cassie. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So, you're going to watch The Inbetweeners. Watch it with, like, this in mind, because it'll blow your fucking mind. Um, It's so good. And then, fuck, what was my other theory? I don't even know. It'll come back to me, I guess. Um, But yeah, it's just like, the music really kicks it off too. I like completely forgot about that like Vice song and like Vampire Weekend. Were you into Vampire Weekend? Um, Not really. I, I mean, as much as anyone at the time. Like, they were very popular, so I guess yeah. in the indie scene, I kind of, like, heard them, but I was not a big Vampire Weekend fan, really. Yeah, same. It was more just, like, they were, like, their music was around, like, everywhere during that time, I feel like. So it's yeah. just, like, hearing it again, it's like, wow, a time to be alive. Like... What's your favorite of the Inbetweeners cast? I'm really loving Jay now. I mean, like thinking about like <laughs> all of that. Um, I do like how raunchy Jay is. I do like how Will is just so fucking awkward. It's like painful. Like I remember the first time watching like this the show and it was just like, I'm actually cringing right now. Like he's so awful like when he talks in that like yoda voice to like the hot girl at the party in like one of the first episodes i'm just like feisty one you are (laughs) i'll never forget that (laughs) and she's like what did you say feisty (laughs) it's just like what the like you have a hot mom you should be used to talking to hot girls like what's going on Oh my, Why are you like this? my secret is that I've always had a crush on Simon, the one with like the pointy hair. I'm gonna need to do a little research. Hold on. Yeah, Simon. I've Loki always had a crush on him. Is he the really basic looking one? Because there's one that's like really basic look. Oh, kind of. Because Neil is like the tall, gangly himbo. Okay. Yes. 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 I can see it. Simon. He reminds me of like. One of the brothers from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, he actually really does look like the older brother. <laughs> yeah. I don't wow. know why I've just always had a thing for Simon since, like, I first watched the show. And he's kind of, like, 
accidentally the biggest douchebag out of all of them because he like is so rude um i think one of my favorite simon moments is when he go he has a crush on that girl and he goes to her house and he's so drunk and he's just like yelling at her and then throws up on the, like, like all over the place <laughs> he's drunk off of like fucking schnapps like, oh, they mix all together, the together. Oh my god! And then I think yes. Will's in the other room talking to the girl's like little brother, and is like, "Lots of people died. Like your mommy and daddy." <laughs> Traumatizing him as they watch like a fucking like World War Two documentary. <laughs> oh my god! Like they would have dropped the bombs. <laughs> it's so good. It like. Uh, it has informed my sense of humor so much to my detriment. <laughs> I can see it. I can definitely see it. Oh my god. Sorry, or, I was looking it up. It's like but, just yeah. saying really awkward, like inappropriate things is so like but it has to be with that like self deprecating tone <laughs> and I feel like Americans are so bad at self deprecating humor. Like American humor is very bullying to other people and like making fun of other people and i love that british humor is like i'm awkward and i'm a loser and like i do awkward shit yeah no that's very real i never thought of it like that that's why i like british tv so much better because american tv i'm like everyone's mean and i don't like mean people that makes a lot of sense holy shit I mean, yeah, we are a country where I feel like people feel this pressure to be great all the time, right? Like, we all have to be, like, perfect. We all have to put a great, like, face forward. Did you ever watch the American version of Inbetweeners? No! What is that? (laughs) That sounds awful! So, not only did they make an MTV version of Skins that is really bad, but, like, some people actually kind of like it. Little known fact, they made a U.S. version of Inbetweeners that I could not even make it through half of the first episode because they try to do the Inbetweeners humor, but American, and it's just them being assholes. Like, it's not funny. They're just like, oh, like, this person sucks. And I'm like, that's not what the humor is. Yeah. No, it's not. It's very much like I suck or like I... Like, they build themselves up as, like, these, like, cool guys, but they're just so painfully awkward. It doesn't work. Fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch it for science, I think, to see. Yeah. I don't know. What else are we talking about? All right. I, I remembered what I wanted to talk about before. Yeah. Um, fucking. So, I guess, yeah, again, referencing the video. How they say that skins is supposed to be what the cool kids are, you know, but I feel like a lot of the skins characters aren't really cool. Like, like you watch the first season and it's like Anwar is a fucking dork that can't get pussy. Mm -hmm. Like Freddy is kind of just like a burnout. Like who am I thinking of like there's other characters where it's just like they aren't cool at all like they're just very dorky like little boys and like young girls and stuff panda like what was that about like I don't think all of them are cool so I think yeah 
I don't know. I think in the last season, they tried making them like all the very cool kids, right? Like they're all just very like normie, like Rich loses his edge. Like everybody stops being like little like edge lords or whatever, um, which sucks. I think we need more like dork kid representation. I think everyone is secretly really dorky then, like whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> and like in the first generation, it was such an important thing that Tony and Michelle were supposed to be the popular kids. And Tony mm -hmm. used that as leverage in his friendship with Sid all the time. Yeah. To be like, you're not cool. Like, you will never be like me. You'll never be one of us, no matter how hard you try. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in the third generation, there's like the popular kids and the unpopular kids. And then the popular kids are like, oh, just join us. And yeah. now you're popular too. And it's like, I think it's more realistic that there are these social hierarchies and the people on top want to maintain that. Even if it's their best friend since childhood, Tony's like, I'm maintaining the social hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, because, that is a lot more realistic. Yeah, I've never seen the popular kids just be like, oh, hey, nerds, like you want to be friends with us and now you're popular too. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how, yeah, very weird how they portray it. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, honestly. <laughs> like, if you think about how, like, school actually goes for people. Right. And then the second generation, I guess none of them were really, like, popular. They were all just kind of, like, the drug burnout group that probably everybody just kind of ignored. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Freddie's just such the quintessential, like, skater, smoke weed, play guitar guy. Yeah, no, definitely. And then Effie and Cook are just, like, burnouts. And then, like, Thomas gets into selling drugs, and Panda starts doing drugs because of Effie. And then, like, everyone's just, like, getting high together. Yeah. 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 The popularity, I feel like, is really best shown in the first generation. And then we just sort of lose any sense of reality in the third generation yeah no completely i mean there is like <clears throat> that like power struggle thing that happens between like minnie and frankie where it's like i think it's implied that like minnie is cool and like frankie is not cool and like frankie hangs out with rich and aloe who are also not cool but then it's also like rich just starts dating the ballerina who's friends with minnie like it doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense to me, it's like sense. watching Tony and Cassie date, and I'm just like, these Wouldn't two happen. people don't go together. <laughs> like, realistically, it would just, their, their social status is so far apart that it would just never happen. Yeah. Was that a big thing at, like, your school? Was there, like, a definite line between, like, cool kids and not cool kids? In my first high school, yeah, because it was, like, a very, I guess, normal, like, Catholic school which is not, I never went to like public school, but the Catholic school was very normy. And then the second school I went to was like an art school. So that there, it was more just like the second generation where everyone's just like a burnout. <laughs> Real. And wow. there's not really like that. But in schools where there is that hierarchy, I feel like it was really evident, especially when I went like for middle school, it was this really uptight private boarding school in New England 
and you had to wear like khakis and like loafers and collared shirts and stuff and like you knew who the rich kids were and you knew who like the poor kids on scholarships were Mm. and I'm like what's the socioeconomic status of this third generation like because the first generation it's like Tony's family obviously had money they had a really nice house they had like the dad had a really good job and then Chris was like broke as shit and lived in like a shitty rundown house and then like student housing Mm -hmm. so we saw like the socioeconomic differences too yeah, man. Whoa. That's a good question. Like, how does that come into fucking play? Nobody's poor in the third generation. They're not. Yeah, no, everybody seems very middle class. And that's yeah, not realistic. I... Yeah, no, it's not at all. I mean, like, even in second gen, like, fucking Naomi lived in, like, a commune, kind of. Like, her house was kind of just like a flop house. Like what yeah and freddie and karen had like a single dad who obviously was like struggling somewhat to like support the kids on like one income oh my god and then cook's dad and mom are like crazy and that's the money was such a huge aspect of like how his mom was rich but had this family that he didn't relate to but his dad like was basically homeless and like i guess yeah you know, thinking about third season, I think maybe they touch on it just a little bit because Aloe lived on a farm <laughs> and Grace Grace's dad is like the rich man that runs like the high school or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of implied, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like rich or poor. Owning a farm is expensive. I'm like yeah. owning a farm in the countryside in England. I feel like. Being able to ship your kid out to school in the city. Like, how does that work? Right. Yeah. Where are, like, the poor homeless kids in the third generation? And then Maddie acts like he is, but he's not. Like, their dad is rich as fuck. And then Liv acts like she's broken. They have, like, a mansion. Wow. That's so real. It's like they either completely forgot or they just decided, like, we're not going to focus on that this season. That's, that's, that's not important. We're out of the recession now. It's 2011. Let's fucking party. Like, whatever. <laughs> like... And in my school, that was what it came down to is like, oh, if you were poor, you're probably not as popular because you can't have all the like nice phones. And especially when like cell phones were first coming out at that time, it was like you were cool if you had a razor or a sidekick. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I like I always I moved around a lot when I was younger, but I always loved public school the most because it was just such a level playing field. <laughs> like. <laughs> I did go to like, I went to Catholic school for a little bit and I did go to like a, like a special like art type high school, I guess, but it was still public school. And like, yeah, in grammar school, when I was in public school, it's like, we're all fucked. Nobody cares. The teacher doesn't care. Like someone here is probably homeless, like, but we can't get into like, like the fancy, like private high or school. So like, what does it matter? We're just vibing. Like, I always like that experience the most, which, yeah, it's kind of a far cry from everybody, like, in this, like, inner city public high school or, like, public school to, like, suburban Bristol, like, might be a private school. 
type thing. Are they in private school? Is Skins like a private school of sorts or? It's hard for me to tell. I think it's a public uh, school because when Tony does the choir, he goes to the all girls school and they have like the uniforms. And I think that was supposed to be the like fancy private school. And then when they go to that party in the first episode, it's like, oh, these are like the posh kids. Yeah. True. And then in between us, they wear like uniforms and it's like a private school, right? Oh, that might that might break the the reality of my headcanon that they're all at the same school. But maybe they just dress like that. I feel like if they aren't at the same school, they're definitely in the same town at the same time. Yeah. Like and let it be shown that when you watch Skins, they're not in school. Like it's one of those shows like Euphoria where it's like you see them in the hallway, you see them interacting outside of school, but you never truly see them in class. Whereas like with the in-betweeners, I'm 99% sure you see them in class. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Like nobody is talking about assignments on like Skins or Euphoria. But like in the in-betweeners, it's like they're in school, they're talking about school things they're going on school field trips blah 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 right yeah right in betweeners is definitely more like degrassi i guess because a lot of degrassi takes place at the school and then euphoria and skins are more just drama outside and then they're like oh we have it we have to take a levels and you're like you guys haven't showed up for class all year (laughs) yeah (laughs) like surely you're gonna fail how does this work like Oh, and then I think in-betweeners, too, don't they? they This is a British thing that we don't do in America, but the job placement kind of stuff. Yeah. Where they have you do the tests and then your competency on the different tests. They do, like, job training and you do, like, an internship or whatever. We so don't do that in the United States, so I'm kind of... But I remember that episode of in-betweeners where... What does Will do? Doesn't he end up working? He goes to a car shop. A garage. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, oh, I'm not going to work in a garage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Simon, I think as Simon gets like his dream job as being like a journalist or something like that. Yeah. And that's even a thing, just to bring up my own point, but like Will is coming in as the posh kid into the sort of even if it it's so hard to know if the in-betweener school is private or not because he's treating it like it's a public school yeah but maybe it's just because it's in bristol and he moved there from like somewhere up north or something i forget the lore i don't remember i've watched in-betweeners like 25 times um (laughs) Yeah, Will, like, looks down on everyone there because he thinks he's more posh than everyone and that he's, like, among the commoners now. But they all look really nice. They all have, like, uniforms, like, really nice uniforms and stuff. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, especially with, like, skins in mind, too. It's like, what is going on here? Right, so I'm like, Roundview, which is the skin school, must be, like, the bottom of the barrel of school. (laughs) Yeah, which would make sense with how fucked up everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the YouTube comments was like, why isn't the administration worried that one of their students is dying every year? (laughs) (laughs) 
when are they gonna have like a special like assembly or something where everybody's in the same room like that could be your final episode with all of them they need to hire us <laughs> they need to hire you <laughs> like <laughs> asking the serious questions <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just like, when JT died, we got like a whole season of like, showing the memorial, showing this, that, and the other, and Skins, mm -hmm. it's like, we just kill the main characters and we just never talk about it again. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. Like, wow. I always leave these like conversations with you, like thinking for the next day about like all of the holes in the plot and stuff. Like a oh, very big brain. Same. I always appreciate your perspective because you point out the stuff that I don't notice because I've just like watched it with the same eyes for so many years. So yeah. it's always good. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in this episode? Have you been watching Euphoria? No, I haven't. But I'm thinking about starting it. And now if I <clears throat> with, like school stuff, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll start watching it because I'll be able to chill enough to watch a show. Yeah, it's good. It's like not very high school. It's kind of high school, but then it's not really high school. It's very different from Skins and Degrassi and the Inbetweeners. It's like kind of its own thing. I guess it's mostly like Skins if you were to compare it to one because of like the drug usage and shit but i feel yeah. like for the sake of research and like having an informed perspective for the podcast i should yeah. do my journalistic duty and watch some euphoria um if you do a euphoria episode i would love to talk about it with you i'm already watching it again <laughs> like, wow. how many yeah, seasons are there only two and there's only eight episodes a season but yeah, I heard from Hollywood crime scene, shout out Rachel and Desi. Um, Desi started watching it and was like, if you go into it thinking of it like a soap opera, it makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. So, soap opera, kind of like skins. Yeah. Maybe I'll um, give it a shot tonight since I now have the night off and nothing to do. So. You want to text about it? I'm here. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am really thank happy you. we got to just talk shit. Me too. I really hope people like this. Um, I hope we hear you hear more theories about like the universe and stuff like that. I would love to hear more fan theories. Yes, please write in. Um, oh, wow. The podcast on Instagram. You can always head up the DMs and the YouTube comment section and write in your own thoughts and opinions and fantasies. And yeah, I'll be back next week with season six, episode one, and we're gonna get right into it. So thank you so much, Felicia. Do you have anything you wanna plug that you're working on? Uh, I'm just out here. <laughs> Follow me on, um, yeah, I'm working on some stuff, but nothing that's really coming out um, in the near future. If you wanna follow me on Instagram and Twitter, if you're above the age of 18, at Felicia Fisher X, um, that would be awesome. Cool, all Get right, good chatting with ya. Nice talking with you too. Thank you again for having me. I always love talking to you. All right, see you guys next week, bye.